Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global and friends. You know, today it's Happy Easter. Jesus is risen from the dead. That's what we're celebrating. And, um, you know, you know, 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross, even before that, when Jesus was born, the kingdom of heaven was breaking in onto the kingdom of this world and uh, are the kingdoms of this world. And God was, was, was bringing about the restoration uh, of this world because Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. And they're our great, 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 great grandparents. And when they sinned, they let go of so much. And they fell from grace. They fell from the standing that they had with God where there was no cloud between them. Cloud is a metaphor. There was no blockage between Adam and his maker. In fact, the Bible says that they walked together in the cool of the evening chatting. This is before Eve was made. And Adam had a relationship with his heavenly father. And, um, you know, he sinned against God. He went his own way. He thought, I know better. You know, when we sell out on God, it's because we think we know better. We think that he's selling out on us. We think that he's holding back some of his goodness. There's a great verse in the Bible. It's Romans 8, 32. And it says, uh, if he didn't spare, meaning God, if he didn't spare his only son, how, how will he not, along with him, also give us, freely give us all things? Not just giving us his son, but giving us all things. And, you know, God is a great giver and God is so kind. But there are some things that have gone wrong and we can't put them right until we're made aware of it. I said the other week that I'm an alarm clock. I'm trying to wake us all up. And uh, awareness precedes action. You can't change until you become aware of it. Who's ever seen the friend and you're eating and you, you finished eating and afterwards you see that they've got a bit of cabbage or lettuce in their teeth. And you're talking, but you keep you keep looking. <laughs> and they haven't got a clue. They're chatting away, smiling at everybody. And, you know, it takes a good friend to say, you've got some lettuce in your tooth, uh, stuck in your teeth. And when they become aware of it, they can do something about it. It's even worse when you've got a bogey on the end of your nose. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you've got a bogey on, you've got an alien on the end of your nose. And... You, you know, you can't change it unless you're made aware of it. And I want to make us aware of some things today. And you might hear them for the first time and think, well, that's a bit intense. So that's a bit, but it's just the way it is. You know, who's, who's ever uh, walked up to a, we used to play football as, as kids in this electric power station. And the guys uh, that used to maintain it, they would come along and say, you know, don't go anywhere near those wires. And he said, you'll just become like a pool of jelly in, in a, an instant. And they were warning us and we were like terrified. We couldn't reach them or anything. We couldn't reach these, these lines, but, but we were terrified. But you see, it was warning us about something. In the old days, when we had steam trains, if the track, uh, the bridge was, 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 was broken down because of, of a wind or the rains or whatever, you'd have the night watchman with a, a light on the track and he's waving it and the, the engine driver would know to stop, uh, come and slow down. But you see, one of the problems, if 
if, if everybody's having a party on that train, it's like, oh, why are we stopping? Come on, we keep the party going. It's like, no, you've got to stop because you're all going to die <laughs> if we don't stop. So you're not being a spoil sport, you're being an alarm clock. You're being a watchman. You, you're caring for people. And so that's what I am. And I have been for 40 years. Same with Shelley. We're trying to warn people about some things that are, that, that are going to happen. Because if we, if we don't, then how can we call ourselves loving? How can we call ourselves caring? And somebody came and made us aware of the fact that we don't get away with anything that we do wrong in life. We don't. And when that, that truth, when I became aware of that truth and how I've treated people, but one day, someday, I'll have to give an account of my life. I was like, oh, no. And, and the other thing that you, you've got to bear in mind also is that we can't get to heaven by being good. There's an old hymn that says there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only, meaning Jesus, could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. And so... Um, you know, that's another scary one because we think if we do wrong and yet we we do a lot of good works, our good works will outweigh our bad works. And that's not how it works at all. Uh, it's like if the pass mark is 100 and you get 99, you've still failed. People like me used to get one out of 100, say. So we knew that we were never going to pass. But some people got very close and were very proud of themselves. But you know what? We can't do that with the kingdom of heaven. It's 100%. You have to be perfect to go to heaven. Put your hand up if you're perfect. <laughs> of course you're not, and I'm not. So we need somebody to, to be our substitute, to go and represent us. And it's when Jesus died on the cross, he was our substitute. Listen to this from Isaiah chapter 53. He says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Notice the our and the us in there. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And Jesus is our great substitute. That's how he came. He knew what his purpose was. In Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he said, in Mark's gospel, he said, I have come to give my life as a ransom for many. I wonder if you're a part of that many today, because you can be. Let me give you a, a reading for today. And it's really the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus is risen, but it cost him three days previous to his resurrection to die on the cross. He had to put some things right that were wrong. And the only thing we have to do is exercise faith, is to believe in him. He's made it so simple and so easy. It takes a, it takes a really bad theologian to complicate everything. John chapter 3, verse 16. This is the gospel in a nutshell. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So, God so loved the world. You know, John 3.16 has been called the greatest verse in the Bible because it's the gospel in a nutshell, but it's also because it's about God loving. God so loved the world. And that's always been his posture towards the world. God so loves the world. But he's like a father and he has had to bring discipline on this world at times. And he has ways of doing that. God is a living God. He's not just, you know, the Bible says it's, it's an awful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We as believers, we don't just believe in God. We believe in a living God who's active in our lives, who works on our behalf. You know, whether it's at work or whether it's within our families. I remember bringing my three sons up, me and me and Shelley, and there were times, it's not so much we didn't know where they were, but there were times they were late in. And even times at times where they were with, with their friends, I can't always be there. That would be a bit odd. But you know, God can be there when I'm not there. And God listens to my prayers and he answers my prayers for my sons. And so, you know, we need God to work on our behalf. God so loved the world, the Bible says, and, and he does. So God, there's more attributes to God than just love. God is kind. Uh, God is good. And he's good every day. And you say, well, what about wars? And what about diseases? And what about that, this, that, and the other? Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a whole raft of things happened. Their sin affected the whole world. It affected creation itself. And clearly, the creation that we're living in now is not the one that God created. And so something's gone wrong. The Bible says that we've been this world has been ruined by our sin. And the whole point of the kingdom of heaven being breaking into this world in Jesus Christ is that he's going to renew all things. And uh, he's coming as a king. His first coming, he was a baby in a manger. But his second coming, he will, he'll, he'll come as a conquering king. And he will dissolve all the governments of this world. There'll be no democracy. There'll be no dictatorships. But there will be a kingdom ruled over by one man, Jesus Christ. I'm bringing some awareness to you. You say, well, I don't know whether I agree with this. You're scaring me. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. It's written here in the Bible. In fact, the last book of the Bible tells us a lot. But all the New Testament tells us some stuff about him, even the Old Testament. He is coming to rule and to reign for a thousand years. And you know, if you've ever been to, to uh, the Messiah, the, 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 uh, the, the concert, uh, uh, you know, where, where you've got your classical sing, singers singing it, and uh, I don't understand it all, to be fair. I prefer the Rolling Stones or something like that, a bit of U2. But, but you know, middle-class people really like, they love it, you, you know, especially that hallelujah chorus. You know, it's hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And they really like, oh, they shake the, the jewelry and everything. You know, you, you know what they're celebrating? They don't even know what they're celebrating. They're celebrating the second coming of Jesus Christ and the dissolution of all the governments of this world. But they've no awareness, so they don't know what they're singing. It just like I just like that tune. And but but uh, Handel, when he was writing, I think it was Handel because Handel's Messiah. Um, you know, they it, it, he knew he was a believer. He knew what he was writing about, 
And I'm here like an alarm clock saying, you know, there is a judgment day coming and we will have to give an account for our sins. But that's why it's so exciting today to say Jesus is risen. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. But if he didn't rise again, then it was just a hoax, a fake, a failure. The fact that he rose again was God's yes to everything that Jesus said and did in his ministry. He rose back to life three days again. He was brought back from the dead. And it was, it was prophesied, spoken about, predicted that that's what was going to happen. It's exactly what happened. And if this seems a bit deep for you today, it is deep. And some things are deep and there's nothing you can do to lighten them up. And some things are superficial and you'd look a fool to try and make them look deep. But I want to say today that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The proof of love is that you give. Mothers know this only too well. You can have, you, you could have the, I'm going to say the shirt off her back, but I'd be funny running around with it like a blouse on as a fella. But, you know, a, a mother would give her a last, a true mother. And, um, and so, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he gave him up for us. You know, in creation, we have two chapters on how God flung stars into space, how, how all the, the planets were made and set in orbit and, 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 you know, set in such a way that, you know, I'm told by scientists if it were, uh, is it one degree to the left we'd freeze and one degree to the light we'd burn up as a, uh, as the earth. Uh, and it's just, it's just accurate. It's just in the right place. There's too many accuracies in creation. There's too much design to say that it just happened by chance. No, there's a designer. And God Almighty uh, inspired two chapters in Genesis to describe the indescribable thing of the creation, phenomenal. And uh, you know, chapter one is from outer space. It's a view of God doing something from outer space. And chapter two is from within the Garden of Eden. And, uh, and it's the creation story. And it's beautiful. Well, when Jesus went to the cross, God had four men write about it. He has four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and well over half, I think it's three, two, uh, three quarters of the Gospels are about the death of Jesus. In fact, John's Gospel is really about the last week of Jesus's life. Why was that? And it's as though God pours out his emotions through those Gospels. Saying, Look what they did to my son. Look what it cost him. Look what it costs to bring you forgiveness and salvation. Look how much love is going your way. And I'm here today to say God so loved the world. My God is a loving God. God so loved the world. Let me put it even closer. God so loved you that he gave his only son. If you'd have been the only one, Jesus would have come and died for you. Maybe you're not used to that kind of intimacy, that kind of directness. But when that hits you, it revolutionizes you. Love is such a powerful force. Napoleon Bonaparte, he said, he said, Alexander and Charlemagne and himself and a few others, he says, we have conquered the world with the might and strength of our armies. And he says, but Jesus Christ, this one solitary figure, he said, 
He's conquered it with love. And even today, millions would give their lives to follow him. And he knew men. And he said, I do know men, he says, but, um, you know, Jesus is no ordinary man. And he saw something in Jesus that was different. And it's the love of God. It's the love of God that touches your heart today, even as I'm speaking. It's the love of God that will transform your life. It's not threats about hell. It's not threats about God being angry. God will. God will bring justice. He has to bring justice. You know, we're going through a time uh, where the case in America where George Floyd uh, is, the, the, the court case has started and the, the justice has to be brought. Justice has to be brought. There's something in our soul, in our psyche that demands justice. And, you know, we're made in God's image. And so we're going to be like our father in heaven. We demand justice. When we see poverty, we think that should be stopped. And yet we go on eating more food than we need. We're eating their food. <laughs> you know, we, we, we just don't work it out sometimes. The social justice people, you know, they're, they're, they're out there. The warriors, social justice warriors are out there, um, you know, on this cause or that cause. And, you know, many of them are not free themselves. Many of them are addicted, you know, like the rest of us. For all have sinned and fallen short of, of God's standards. Or another verse that Jesus said, Another word that Jesus came out with, he said, uh, he, who is, he who sins is a slave to sin. And every one of us, we are slaves to sin, not just as social justice warriors, but myself, everybody. We're slaves to sin until Jesus Christ breaks the power of that sin. I have had loads of sins. The power of the sins broken on my life. In fact, all of them have been broken, but they haven't become a reality to me. As yet, you have to, you have to turn from sin. And you have to keep believing in Jesus. And as you study his word and, 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 and speak his word out, mysteriously, supernaturally, sins get broken. You, you find freedom, freedom to love, freedom to care, freedom to have compassion. I don't want to be a social justice warrior because they're just issues. They're dealing with issues. They're dealing with the, the fruit of the problem, the root of the problem is our sinfulness and Jesus came and he went straight for the root and he brought the power of sin on the cross, the power of Satan, the evil king, who most of us in the West don't believe in. But, you know, it, the, the more east we go, the more we're finding out uh, that uh, there are such things as evil spirits. They recognize them for what they are. We go for therapy and stuff to try and deal with an evil spirit or we turn to drink our drugs to deal with evil spirits, whereas Jesus wants to command them to come out and set us free so that we are in our right minds. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God is a great giver. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't even go to the Pope or to the Archbishop of Canterbury and get assurance of a place in heaven from them. Only Jesus can give it you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him, and I love that scope, that whoever believes in him, Who did Jesus die for? John the Baptist said this. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus died for the world. That's you. He didn't just die for the church or for the religious people. He died for you. 
I was never part of the church. When I heard the gospel, that God wanted to forgive me my sins and give me a new start, I thought, what, for me? He did it for me. I could not believe it. I could believe that he died for you and for the whole world, but not for Dave Shore. But he died for me. He died for the whole world. Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says, But he who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all. For us all. He gave him up for us all. That's who he died for. For all. Revelation 5, 9, it says, And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men and women for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus died for the Japanese. He died for the Chinese. He died for the Africans. He died for the Germans. He died for the Americans, the Australians. He died for the Jamaicans. He died for those people from Britain and in particular Lancashire. He, Jesus died for us all. And that is absolutely amazing. And Ephesians 5.25, it says this. Paul says to the churches, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. God loved the world. He died for the world. But not everybody will say yes to Jesus. And so those who do say yes to Jesus, they become the church. Do you know what the church means? That word church, it means, it comes from a Greek word, ecclesia, or two Greek words, ecclesia, and it means the called out ones. We're called out of the world. We're called out of living by this world's standards and this world's morals. And we're called to live by God's standards and God's ways. And you know, sometimes they're just impossible. And, and uh, that's why we need the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, because he raises our humanity to where it used to be, to where it was in the Garden of Eden. He raises us up to live the way that God intended us to be. He doesn't leave us on our own just to say, I've got to have good morals. I've got to be a good person. You try doing that. You won't last an hour. All right, you might, you might do, but you won't last a day. Um, trying to be good is so difficult. But you see, with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we've got God living on the inside, working it out. You know, when we when we real when we lapse or, or, or when we have a setback, we go back to our old ways. He's there, ready to forgive and get us going again. Till eventually we overcome whatever it is and we we rise up to to, to live in the way that God intended us. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What do you do with fish that's perished? Throw it in the bin. What, 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 what do you do with, with rubbish that's no longer like, I don't know, you go to the tip and you've got broken wardrobes, they're no longer fit for purpose, you know what I mean? You, you, you throw them in the tip. And Jesus pointed to a gate in Jerusalem. Jerusalem had many gates, a bit like York City where I live. There's gates that in different points of entry into the city and points of exit. The same in Jerusalem. And uh, he pointed to the dung gate. That's the dead giveaway. And the dung gate is where the people in Jerusalem used to come and tip out all their uh, excrement and filth. And, and then they would put all the rubbish out there also. 
And there was a fire there, like uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, Jesus said, hell will be like that. He said, it's where God sends everything that, that's no longer fit for purpose, no longer useful. That's where everybody has to go. And um, because they're perishing, you and I are perishing even now. I'm bringing awareness. That's all it is. These are not threats. I'm just I'm sounding the alarm. I want. I'm, I've I've panicked all my life for you, because I've found the answer. I've found in Jesus Christ salvation, and I know the whole world needs this transformation. When Jesus went to the cross, he sweat drops of blood. He knew what what was happening. He knew. He had awareness. He was dying for your sin and my sin. He was dying to rescue us from an eternity without Jesus. And I know this is a sobering message today, but you've got to know, Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction and many are there that walk on it. But within that broad road that leads to destruction, there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life. And Jesus said, and few are there that walk on it. Which road are you on today? Are you on that broad road that leads to destruction? Or have you got off that broad road by turning around, repenting? That's what repent means, to turn around, rethink, and come on this narrow road and find eternal life. I just want to be an alarm clock to you today. You know, I'm an happy man in many, many ways, but I carry the burden of spreading the gospel, the good news, that you don't, you can have a, uh, an eternity with God in heaven forever and ever, but also heaven breaking in on your life here on earth. And you can escape the judgment that's going to come on everybody's sin. We don't get away with anything. And just one sin, just one, will keep you out of heaven. But we've all sinned. And so we need somebody that's been the sin bearer. That's Jesus. I've said enough. You've got to believe in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There you have it, from God's word. So today, when you leave this podcast today, you'll know you're either in or you're out, and it's your choice. It's not his choice. He's done everything in his power to put a rescue plan for us. He's put it all together for us. All we have to do is believe. So all we have to do and trust our lives to him and follow him. Will you believe today? That's all we have to do. But after today, you will know you're in, or you're out, but it's your choice. It's not mine and it's not God's. I wish I could make that choice for you, but I can't. Today, if you are saying, I want to get right with God, then I'm going to say a prayer that we pray every week and we encourage people to say that prayer with us. And you're just a prayer away from forgiveness. Let's just bow our heads. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming and dying on the cross for me. You paid the price for all my sins. And now I ask that you will delete every sin. That you will forgive me. That your blood was so powerful that it cleanses me from every sin. And it sets me free from my sins. And I welcome you into my life, Jesus Christ. And I believe in you as best I can. And I promise I'm going to follow you every day. Please give me your Holy Spirit. and Give me power to follow you. Amen.
if you've said that prayer, uh, the uh, information will come up. You know, want you to get in, in, in contact with us, you know, email us. Information will come up on the screen. But also there's people uh, out there and you know you, you, you're looking for a church that, that preaches the gospel but also plants churches. And I'm calling you out of the nations and I'm saying, you know, get in touch with us because we want to be on the same page. Uh, you know, want you to be on the same page with us and us with you. And if we find that that happens, that there's chemistry between us, we will go and plant churches together. We have training days and, and, and different things. Uh, but, you know, we need to get going. We need to get this gospel out. It's a brilliant gospel. It puts a smile on people's faces because there's hope. There's hope in this life as well as the life to come. So get in touch with us and thank you for tuning in. We never take it for granted, uh, but have a happy Easter and we'll see you soon. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 